0: Hi everyone, Lucy Kippest here. I'm the editor of Flying Solo, and this episode of our podcast is brought to you by our brand new business class membership. It's your annual pass to great deals, discounts, tips, and wisdom for building the business of your dreams. Plus, there's an opportunity to be a guest on this podcast, all for just $2.99. Head to our website for details. You've got to think anyway, so you might as well think big. Lisa Messenger, who is today's wonderful guest, the entrepreneur and author, popped that little nugget of truth on her Instagram page recently, and it really caught my attention. Thinking big is something Lisa appears to do very well. In fact, I would actually consider her to be an expert. Lisa, welcome to our Flying Solo podcast. Thank you,
1: Lucy. It's actually beautiful. I've had a very, very long history with flying solo. Um, I don't even know how long Soul has been around since Robert Garish started yeah, it. Yeah, 10 years. Um, yeah. Is it 10 years? Is it Yeah. Yes. I feel like uh-huh. it's a lot longer. Okay. I must yeah. have been one of his first ever guests or bloggers or something. I've had a long affinity with you guys, so that's amazing.
0: It's true, and I've heard Robert speak glowingly of you, and obviously you've just gone from strength to strength to strength with your <laughs> businesses. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I I was really struck by that quote of yours on Instagram, which is not unusual for me. I love your Instagram page and recommend it to everybody, and we'll recommend it at the end of the episode too. Oh, um, thank you. I really feel like when when as an observer of your work, that thinking big is something that must just very much come naturally to you. Is that is that true? Would you say?
1: <laughs> um. Not necessarily, and I need to kind of reverse engineer almost how I've got there. There's a few right. steps to that. It's about, well, I've had my own businesses since the 22nd of October, 2001. And so wow. I think, you know, when I started and many people in, you know, startups or solopreneurs will relate to this, like, it's more difficult to get out of your comfort zone or push yourself. You don't quite have that resilience muscle yet necessarily. But over time, I've just pushed myself a little bit further, a little bit further, and I'm a big, a big believer in, you know, getting uncomfortable. I think that's a great place to be, and I make it my mission every single day to consciously get uncomfortable at something. So the thinking big piece for me really comes from, just pushing myself. And you'll notice for people following me on Instagram, I'll often say something out loud and other people around me almost shudder. They're like, I can't believe you've got the (laughs) confidence to do that. And the thing is when I announce something out loud, it's it's almost like keeping me accountable beyond myself and then I need to step into the thing. Now, often when Mm. I announce something big out loud, I have no idea at the time how I'm actually going to do it But it's just a little trick that I've honed over the years to go, okay, announce this and then learn. Because the reality is none of us really most of the time know what we're doing. We're just making it up as we go. (laughs) And for me, it's all about mindset. Mindset is the most important thing.
0: I completely agree with you. And, uh, you know, it's comforting to hear you say that because if you you feel like that, then there's hope for the rest of us, I think. So basically what you're saying is, you have like we are all as your as your followers as people that follow you and are interested in what you do are sort of your accountability partners if you post something that you're going to do that helps you to sort of stay on track
1: yeah 100 and it's that feeling and people listening will relate to this it's kind of that almost knife knife edge you know and we all have that you kind of go oh there's a huge opportunity here and you almost get so excited, but you get paralyzed by, um, fear of success or fear of failure. Um, and that's sometimes counterintuitive. And it's at that moment that I've sort of trained myself to be brave enough to jump into it as opposed to kind of pull back from it. And, and that's still for me uncomfortable. I'm pushing myself every single day.
0: Mm. Now, I wonder, we are talking um, at the end of January and so we're, you know, still pretty much in the the terrible bush, in the wake of the terrible bush, right? mm. Well, it's still burning in some places. And mm. you, I just wondered, is this an example because you've recently done a huge amount of work um, in terms of supporting that effort. Was that an example of something that you kind of ran with? You kind of just went, oh, got to do something about this, going to talk about it now yes. and then work out how we do it, right?
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I just got shivers down my entire body. And this, Lucy, is the most perfect, relevant, right now, current example of doing this. So I might just talk people through what happened um, because it's, yeah, it's a real-life example. So I was... um, on the 1st of January this year, I got engaged and I had every reason, which is exciting, and I had That's every reason. reason to, <laughs> thank you, to just, you know, go into holiday mode. I was up, we've got a house um, in Bangalore near Byron Bay. So I had every reason just to relax and chill out. And like so many of us, um, by the 3rd of January, I was watching, you know, across social media, like another, you know, burning bushfire, another terrible koala photo and all this stuff. And I actually turned on the news, which is funny. I am um, i essentially have global media businesses and I really never watch the news because I find it very negative. But that night on the 3rd of January, I turned it on and I just saw more bushfire stuff. Now, what happened was I noticed that no one was taking action much. There was a lot of noise across social media about this is terrible and a lot of blame about the government's horrible and all of this stuff. And now this is... What I'm gonna say here is the perfect example whether you're in business or what or just wanted to start a business or mobilize into something. That point of kind of anger, frustration, pissed offness is actually the perfect point to mobilize something, right? So mm. what I did was I decided then and there, I can't sit back and watch this anymore. I'm gonna do something. Now I have never, ever, ever worked in bushfire relief or crisis. Like I know nothing about it. And listen, everyone, to the similarities, not the differences. This, this lesson is the same for business or whatever it is that you're doing. And I just Googled, who needs help? How could I help? And I came across Food Bank Australia. I jumped onto their Instagram. I noticed they were following me. Good start. Sent them a message. This is 10 o'clock on a Friday night and said, how can I help? And they said, Brianna, the CEO, wants to talk to you at 10 a.m. the next morning. So within a 12-hour period, I was talking to the CEO of this organization and wow. I said, how can I help? And she literally just said, we need, and she started giving me lists like ring pool tuna tins and gave me a whole list. And I was like in that moment, and for anyone listening, what are your resources? What are your capabilities and how can you use them? And I was like, I've got a pretty <laughs> big um, Instagram following, so I was like, right, I'm just going to jump out and make an IGTV about this is what they need, this is the drop-off point, these are the times. So suddenly it was very, very actionable. But actually before Mm. I did that, and this is probably the most important point and my my now fiancé thought I was mad, I made an IGTV. I think I was pretty much in my pyjamas and a baseball cap, no makeup, (laughs) and I was so passionate and I was like, right, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this. That video got watched by 36,000 people and went viral. And so that was the accountability piece, right? I was then like, because a lot of my videos get watched by 2,000, maybe 12,000, but 36,000 people. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. And so what (laughs) I did, and this is so important, this was pretty much in my undies in my living room in the middle of nowhere, I just tapped into what can I use? And I was like, okay, well, I have no idea what I'm doing. But I started asking for help. Within the first day, because um, they needed refrigerated trucks, I had 15 refrigerated trucks mobilized. I had helicopters, oh mobil- five helicopters. Oh, my god, I had 400 cars outside Food Bank, Victoria. They'd never seen so many cars of people actually dropping stuff off. And so the lesson here is this. If you allow yourself to step up, even into the unknown, and you allow yourself to become a leader and you think big and you don't allow yourself to think, I don't know what I'm doing. And you just tap into that energy. Anything is possible. And it's the most relevant example because what happened as a result was phenomenal. I've since met with Food Bank Australia and I'm um shortly going to be announced as I think one of three of their um, national ambassadors and the relationships become extraordinary they support over two and a half thousand charities which I didn't know at the time and all this other stuff Wow! so it's just about wow. mobilizing and for anyone saying well that's okay for you you've got a relatively large social media following there are heaps of other things and ways that. you can do all you need to think about is What is my skill set or what do I have access to or who do I know in my circle? And then
0: you just go for it. Yes. Gosh, I love that. I find that I'm just getting goosebumps myself thinking, hearing you say that. (laughs) It was pretty,
1: it was pretty big and pretty unexpected. That's for sure.
0: Oh, and just so important, you know, just so important at a time where, you know, you just sort of watch, as you were saying, you, you watch these pictures and you just feel so hopeless, but actually there is a lot that you can do. And I think. For me, that is what is so powerful about your message. You know, we're in a, we're in a space in time now where there's so many incredible entrepreneurs and incredible energy, but not yeah. many people can break it down the way that you have there. Like it's almost like, you know, you hear a lot of people say, all you've got to do is sort of imagine it and it will come. And I mean, that's a very intoxicating message and you want to believe yeah. that. But the truth, yeah. the other side of that coin is while that is part of it, You actually do need to push your own skills. You do actually need to step up in some way. And it doesn't mean, as you say, to completely reinvent yourself or to have an army where you didn't have one. It's about using what you actually already have and who you already know. 100%. And if I can, what I'll do is just I might just do the precursor
1: to what happened there and what's happened since because Mm. what's important from a um, small business perspective is I always say Get a really strong semblance of your purpose, but be detached from the specific outcome and how that plays out. And I'd mm. spent two weeks um, in the lead up to the 3rd of January, um, really going into lots of visioning and planning. And, you know, what, and I, it's interesting, we had um, friends over on New Year's Eve, um, and, you know, we're a bit dorky, and we sat around and we said, right, what's your vision for 2020? And we went around right. the table, and I said, I do not want to play small, like I'm ready to go again. I'm ready for something big, right? So I was in that energy. How that manifested and how that played out three days later, I could never have imagined. But the thing is, I was ready. I'd done the free work to kind of go to the universe. I'm a bit woo-woo sometimes. (laughs) Like, I'm ready. Give me something big. I'm ready. Now, the other thing, Lucy, that happened, which is probably important from a business analogy perspective is, When you jump into the unknown as I did and you're like, right, this is how I'm going to help, I simplified it and I broke it down. So I was literally like because I started helping loads more charities, the Red Cross, Wires, um, Port Macquarie, Koala Hospital because I was like, okay, if I have a really simple formula, what do you need, what's the drop-off point, what's the zone, what's the opening times and what charity is it for? I realized that I could Mm -hmm. do it for lots of charities, very simple. But what happened then was um, within probably 48 hours, I had well over 3000 direct messages. And so, wow. and this is a really important lesson in business. You start, you jump in, you don't realize necessarily how big it's going to go. And then you've got to stop, pivot, iterate, you know, rehone mm. what you've done. Cause I suddenly realized, well, this is a problem. I cannot possibly respond to 3000 direct messages because the lesson in that was, whilst I was prepared to lead, there are a lot of people who then wanted to help but they weren't really listening. So I had one woman who was like, I've got two jars of honey. Where shall I drop them? And I was like, be oh, yeah. helpful. Listen to what we need, yeah. what the drop-off. Point. Don't make my job even more difficult. I'm just the messenger really. I'm the conduit. Yeah. So then it was like operationally I had to jump into, right, I really need to get very specific about what I need and what is not acceptable and what I don't have time for at the moment
0: and putting some boundaries in place. So I think that's important. That is absolutely important. And like the question that pops into my mind then as you're saying that is you obviously have a very clear mind because you can stop yourself there or perhaps that's experience and and make that really, you know, important choice. Do you call on like a mentor or anybody at that kind of point in a project? Or is that something that you can think through yourself? Um, okay, so this
1: is important as well. I am a brilliant visionary and big thinker and I can kind of like quite easily and analytically map something out and actually the bigger and the harder, the better. Um, mm-hmm. What I'm terrible at, like so horrible at, <laughs> is implementation and detail and operational systems and process stuff so mm-hmm. I was in my sweet spot with, um, you know, bushfire assistance because it was like big thinking, fast, mobilizing. But if that becomes a, you know, a, if that was a long-term play, then I absolutely need someone operational detail and data focus to step in alongside me to ensure that uh-huh. we don't go off the rails. And I think that's really important. I often talk, talk about it in terms of, are you a great founder or are you a great CEO? Because in my mind, they're mm. actually very separate skill sets. Um, mm. And so I I call myself a brand architect. So for example, at the moment, I have three global businesses Um and uh let's talk about my collective hub business. This year we're putting out thirty seven print products. Um, we're doing a number of events, we have a number of digital products. Like it's that's a quite a big business. And the other businesses are in completely unrelated fields um and they're in startup mode. So I see across the top I'm the big visionary, I plan it all out, and then I have extraordinary teams um who implement and actually make sure things happen. Um, if it was yes. left to me, nothing would ever happen. I get bored very quickly and I'd be like, oh, I'm <laughs> out. I just love the planning, <laughs> the moving forward, the visioning.
0: <laughs> yes, it's important I important totally to recognize
1: relate to that. Because so many people get so paralyzed and they don't move forward because they won't outsource or they won't bring people into a system and they think that they need to do it all themselves.
0: Yeah, and I wonder then obviously you're working at a level, you know, you're you're an entrepreneur, you're working at a a level of pretty immense success at this point. To anyone that's listening to us now, who is, you know, three or five years into their business, which is about the average person that listens to our podcast, what do you think they can do? I mean, they might be listening to this going, oh, that's great, but I've got like, I've got very little budget to outsource or what are some of the simple ways that you can sort of train your brain to think about that differently if you've got a small business at this point?
1: Ooh, the three to five year mark. I, always, I think business, and correct me if I'm wrong, it would be interesting for people listening. I think business has life cycles. And in my experience, having started many businesses, the first three, three and a half years is like it's so exciting, it's so juicy, you don't care if you don't pay yourself a salary, you want to do everything for everyone, it's just like, off oh, mm-hmm. the chat's amazing. And then you hit about three, three and a half years and resentment kicks in. <laughs> and you start going, <laughs> or, or that scale piece, and suddenly it's not so much fun anymore because it's not about the vision and the moving forward. And it becomes very systemized and process-driven in order to scale so the three to five year mark i think is always a really interesting one um in terms of not having much budget so i wrote an entire book called money and mindfulness and it is entirely um 208 pages about having more currencies than cash because when i launched Mm -hmm. collective hub as a print magazine in 2013 which is one of the things i'm most known for um that magazine was in 37 countries within 18 months. I'd never worked for a magazine. I'd never worked in the media. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. And that book talks all about that actually naivety was a great thing when, you know, print magazines were closing left, right, and center. It was a highly saturated industry that people said was dead or dying. And I went in and I did it with no money. So that entire book talks about collaborations and you know, what you can trade, how you can identify your, um, saleable, tangible assets that you can trade with people. And what I mean by that is you start to think about, um, how, what's in it for you? What's in it for me? I, I mean, I do cash deals every day, but I do way more non-cash related deals. And that I think is where business gets really exciting. And so that mm. entire book is talking about don't use lack of money as something to hold you back or to self-sabotage or keep you small. Um, And I literally talk in real time about, you know, all the deals that I did. I literally would start thinking about, okay, if it's I need to get my message out to a big database, well, who are the people that I can connect with who have a big database and what can I offer in exchange? Can I write an article for them? Can I go and do some speaking for them? Can I consult for them? Whatever it is. And in exchange can you guys amplify my message across your database? Do you know what I mean? I think the Mm. power of collaboration in business and not just thinking about money, and I often do speaking gigs with a variety of corporates who have massive budgets, and what I'll say to them is, right, remove your budget. You have no marketing budget now. How are you going to move forward? And a lot of corporates are paralyzed by that because I say to them, you have to think like an entrepreneur. You have no money now. What are you going to do? And in my Mm. experience... The best ideas and the best partnerships and the most opportunity for growth come from when you have no money. So, wow!
0: I'm going to have to read that book. Put yeah, that money in the, and life, podcast. It's,
1: you can buy, you can read it, or you can. Um, I actually recorded it on Audible as well, so you can also ah, listen to it if that's better for people. So, handy. Yeah, it's Very really, handy. really. It's probably one of my favorite books that I've written because it's got like so many nuggets about how to grow without money.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Um, Lisa, I'm going to wind it up now even though I could actually, you know, talk to you all day. You're incredibly (laughs) inspiring. But what I wanted to talk about um, before we let you go is, you know, wellness and well-being is a huge area for us at Flying Solo. It's something that I'm passionate about for our small business owners because I think it's something that we can so easily forget to do. Um mm. you however seem to have nailed that too. You seem to be someone very committed to that aspect of your life. What is something that you can absolutely not do without on a daily basis that helps you to be this powerhouse that you are?
1: Um thank you and thank you for everything you've said. Um the thing is I always say that my number one not negotiable is my health because if you don't have your health you have nothing, right? So mm-hmm. I actually, if people jump onto my Instagram, I just did a little IGTV a couple of days ago talking about this very thing. I've consciously chosen to divide my day into two. So we're making this podcast at ten fifteen a.m. Um, mm-hmm. every morning until 10 a.m., I call it proactive time. So that's when I, so I went to the gym this morning and did a Pilates class. I went for a walk, um, Bonnet to Bronte because I'm in Sydney. Um, I listened to a podcast while I was doing that. So, before 10 a.m., it is educating myself, filling my soul, exercising, and just being healthy. And from 10 a.m., it is freaking game on. And I call that the (laughs) reactive side, right? And I think this is where people become overwhelmed or they get sick is because they don't have boundaries and they think that... And it was the same. At the moment, I'm working from home. I've decentralized everything. That's a whole other story. But even when I was in an office, I said to my team, I don't come in before 10. This is me time. This is to get grounded so I can be on and at my best self
0: all day. Amazing. That's incredible boundaries. And so, I mean, do you, are you then working very, very late? Is that something that you, are you a late sort of worker? Do you like working in the evenings?
1: Not necessarily. I mean, I do. It depends what I've got on. I mean, let's be real. If you're an entrepreneur, you just kind of want to work all the time. Yeah, so you don't really. It's work. the opposite. It's like I find, you know, a lot of people who don't love their jobs, they'll be like watching the clock going, oh, it's 5 o'clock, or oh, yes. thank God, it's Friday, or oh, it's Monday. You know, like there's all <laughs> this like, oh. Um Whereas when you're an entrepreneur, you're like, I just want to work all the time. It's so exciting. It's so juicy. <laughs> and so the fit, the problem is the opposite. It's like you actually need to be – very conscious around having boundaries. And, you know, and my fiancé and I, uh, he's a, you know, very fast-paced entrepreneur as well. Like we have very clear boundaries around when we're together and we're at home and, you know, I go more into my feminine energy as opposed to my, girl, let's get it done energy. (laughs) So, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff around that, which I think is really important as well. Because you can become pretty unattractive when you're just like grinding all the time and you can also burn out, which I have done several times and it's not fun.
0: No. Oh, well, you sound like you've got it all sorted out now and congratulations um, again on your engagement. That's very exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. We'll have to have you on again. There's too much to ask you for one episode.
1: oh my pleasure Um, well I'm happy to come on anytime as I said I'm a big fan of everything you do flying solo so happy to come back whenever you want me
0: thank you so much Lisa and I will make sure that your Instagram and your website and your Facebook and everything is connected to this episode so thanks again and talk to you soon
1: amazing thanks Lucy